toured for a living for so long. And so like every time I was in Denver, um, or the, the, the first time I was in Denver after everything got legalized and everything was also right around when Voodoo Donuts was opening in Denver. And so I was like, well, I have to go to Voodoo because I've been to every Voodoo Donuts in the U.S. <laughs> so I went there and they were like, oh, yeah, there's a cannabis store right next door. And I'm like, I will be right back because <laughs> I'm not taking donuts into a dispensary. I'd rather bring weed into a donut place. So, Naturally, as one should. Yeah, so I went and spent like 80 bucks at the dispensary because, you know, you got to hoard up because you leave Denver and you can't you couldn't <laughs> find it anywhere else. Yeah. So I, I, I swirled away. call it. Oh my God, it's awful. Well, that's actually a good starting point. Well, we'll go ahead and do a quick introduction. Uh, welcome to This Just In, the show that sounds like a news show, but isn't a news show. It's really just me talking to people that I find interesting. Uh, today, we have one of my favorite competitors from the Schmodown. Um, anybody that knows me knows I love beauty trivia. Anybody that has walked into my house uh, unannounced knows that I tend to watch movie trivia on the TV. And Rachel Silvestrini is one of the people that I've watched many a times. Uh, she, she's impressed me ever since I saw her play Paul Preston. Uh, I think that was last year, last season. I can't remember that everything kind of blends together, but she's, she's an awesome competitor. She's an awesome person. She's got a story to tell. I mean, I, I, I look at your, uh, your Twitter bio. It says X world traveling merch manager. Yeah. Let's talk about it. All right. <laughs> well, let's, 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 do, talk let's dig in. <laughs> So, uh, so I started going to concerts by myself as soon as I was able to drive by myself. Um, I would, I, I use the term steal, but I would literally like grab my mom's keys and run out the door and be like, mom, I'll be back. I'm just going to the city for a concert. She's like, oh, damn it. Um, What's but I would, I would drive up to San Francisco, okay. uh, which was like, I grew up in San Jose. So it was, it's like a 40 minute drive, depending on when you leave. It's very like much LA where it could be, it could be five miles and take you four hours or it could be 25 miles and take you 20 minutes you know depends um but I was running up to San Francisco as much as I could um as many times as I could uh to go see concerts because music is my first love um and I just started uh befriending you know band guys because you know everybody comes through San Francisco and so like as they were repeating playing the venues in San Francisco, um, we would hang out and I became friends with a lot of them. And then one fateful night, um, my friend, my now, one of my closest friends, uh, Zach, uh, asked me if I could just watch the merch table for them. Like, I guess their merch guy that night was like super sick and they, you know, they were uh, having to do like uh, some sort of like interview or there was a problem with the, the, their bus or something like that, or their, more importantly, their van. And um, and they were like, yeah, we just need somebody to like sit here and watch it while we play. And then like, we're going to, you know, do a signing or something and we'll just, we'll figure it out. But like, you could just like sit here while we're gone. I'm like, of course. They're like, don't feel any pressure to sell anything. And then they came back after their set and I had sold everything. Like, I think I even sold one of the boxes uh, that the, <laughs> the shirts were in. Um, and so they were just like, wow, you're really good at this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I like talking to people and bullshitting and like basically convincing them to buy things they don't really need. So that's, it was, it was fun. And so my name started getting, uh, passed around from band to band and from venue to venue. And I would get calls every now and then to be like, Hey, uh, we need somebody to help load in. Uh, can you drive up or, Hey, uh, we're going to be in town and 
you know, our merch guys got family in the area. Do you mind working the show instead? And so it just kind of built up. And then um, I moved down to LA when I was 20 and started working for bands down here, baby, a lot of baby bands. Um, and then I did Warp Tour for a bunch of years. And that was like Warped the tour. best and worst time of my life ever. <laughs> I couldn't imagine working Warp Tour. I mean, I, I only went, I think I went two or three times uh, when I turned 18 into like 21. And I mean, th the best memories that I'll never remember <laughs> happened oh, on yeah. Warp Tour. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, <laughs> there are so many times that like I'll be talking to somebody because like Warp Tour is a very unique situation where um, you are together with like a thousand people basically like every second of the day for two and a half months and you get to know these people very quickly very well and you either love people or you hate them and it's just it's very very intense and most people are like you know most of the people that work on the show or work on the tour were like in their early to mid 20s and like the band members and like sometimes it's you know some of their band's first tours so they get a little excited and like things go wrong and get a little out of hand and and you drink so much and so like basically that close proximity just kind of breeds instant family and so like yeah. there's a friend of mine her name's andrea she runs the uh the vip for i think she was just out with billy eilish uh before all this went down um i met her my very first night of warp tour uh we were sleeping in bunks and she stepped on the outside of a table underneath a it's it's like a um like a picnic bench kind of table like one of the short ones in the back of the bus uh and we were sleeping um in the bunks in the back lounge and i was on the top she was on the top above the table and she went to step on the edge of the table um and it flipped out because it's removable and yeah. there was so much shit on there sorry can i swear <laughs> no no you're fine you're fine okay good Fuck shit, I swear, like, a sailor. like okay. I, I yeah there's no no holds barred <laughs> Perfect. So she steps on the outside of the table. It flips out. There's like change and like the TV remote was on there and like shoes and like it all just and she fell and just made like the biggest noise. And I just like woke up at three o'clock in the morning to this. We had not met yet. And she was just like, motherfucker. <laughs> and that was my introduction to Andrea. And we've been friends ever since. And like I, we, we see each other, I think like once every like three or four years, but like that bond that we formed at the very beginning, like yeah. it gets, it's really intense. And like you, you know, can roll up to a concert and be like, Hey, uh, you want to grab a drink afterwards? Like, cool. No, I don't need guest list. I got my own show. Like, let's just meet up at our favorite bar and like talk for 20 minutes before bus call. And then I'll see you in four years. Like, <laughs> and what years were you working Warp Tour? I was out 2005, six, seven, eight, Nine, eleven, thirteen. <laughs> wow. Fifteen. I don't. It, it it blurs. Like the fact <laughs> that I can remember. I remember that two thousand five was the year that I like got to audition yeah. uh, for the tour with Kevin uh, Kevin Lyman. Um, I'm actually a trained massage therapist. Um, right. Not a lot of people know that. Um, right. But I went to uh, went to school. I got my license and my certification and everything. And then I happened to. Um, literally stand next to Kevin Lyman at a kickoff party that was being thrown by the nonprofit that I was working with um, at the Viper Room in here in LA. 
and I broached him the idea of having a massage therapist in reverse daycare, which is where the parents get to go and <laughs> they don't have to deal with all the craziness that is warped tour. And uh, he really liked the idea. So we, uh, my best friend and I loaded up her, her car and uh, drove all over the state of California um, with like no money, no food. We were existing on like monster water, which is like the most disgusting thing ever. Cause it just, it, it's, it's water in monster aluminum cans. If you've been to Warped Tour, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've ever seen any of the bands on stage, like chugging monster, it's not actually monster because that's uh, how you create heart attacks. Um, it's okay. actually just branded uh, aluminum cans for water. Uh, that, oh, see, I was just uh, an idiot and I would drink as much monster as possible. Well, yeah, because they were also handing it out for free. Um, but no, it was the water and it has this like just aluminum taste to it. And you can ask anybody who's ever worked on Warp Tour that like that taste takes you straight back into Warp Tour. <laughs> there, is, there is nothing like it. It's like hearing that song you lost your virginity to. It just, you're back in that moment, you know? Uh, um, time. Wait, what? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was the most amazing and fun time of my life. And I would never, like, I, I would love to go back and do it all over again. But if I could be 22 again, because <laughs> it is, it is the hardest thing. It's one of those things that like, if you, if you applied for a touring job and they saw that Warped Tour was on there more than once, they were like, okay, you can pretty much handle whatever tour gets thrown at you because <laughs> You set up at eight o'clock in the morning, no matter rain, shine, whatever, like it could be 115 degrees. It could be 30 degrees and raining. It doesn't matter. And yes, I've done both. Um, you set up uh, doors. Uh, gates are usually at like 11, 1130. You work uh, all day until about five. I was in the uh, sponsorship area. So uh, we closed down at like five or six every day. You break down, you battle for a shower if you're lucky. Uh, which everybody <laughs> really needed to have. Um, uh, and then you go to the barbecue afterwards and get drunk and then you get on the bus and then you ride in the next day and it starts all over again. And we're talking like we had one, one year we had like 14 days straight, no breaks. People yeah, were like, I remember looking at the dates and going, wow, when did these people sleep? Like you don't, you, you <laughs> don't actually sleep. You black out and there's a big difference. Yeah, I think I think everybody has that in their twenties. <laughs> you, but you can do it back like back then. I could totally do it. I can, you know, I can probably rally and do a few days straight now for like one nighters and stuff like that. But it's like it's so. But like also, it's just it's it's a circus on wheels, and and you're it's every day is something different. Like it's not like a stadium or like a um or like an amphitheater tour where like, you know they have a merch area and there's an area for this and like everything is air conditioned and very You're nice. in a parking lot with no tents everywhere. <laughs> I, you know what? There were days when we prayed for a parking lot. There was a venue. I want to say it was in North Carolina where it was on the outside of um, almost like a stadium. It, no, it was an amphitheater, but like two thirds of it was out in the parking lot area, but it wasn't a, it wasn't like asphalt. It was gravel. Oh, and you have to push, like, you have to get all of your stuff from the truck dump and move it to the area where it's designated for, you know, there's like a merch area, there's sponsorship land, there's 
um, vendors and like it's it's separated in such a way that like it doesn't matter where you are you have to get your stuff from the truck over there no matter what you have to walk over and like yeah. it was not easy gravel like every time we were like we saw that on the schedule we're like oh no I want like, to share started bartering like like favors so that people would be like okay i will do your load in and set up for like the week leading up to north carolina if you take my north carolina <laughs> i'm giving you seven days for my one day shit got serious <laughs> towards the end of that tour but yeah so i did that and then i worked um because of that i ended up getting a job on uh the beauty and the beast tour uh the broadway show with uh disney theatrical and selling the merchandise for that which was amazing even though I was covered in glitter for five years. Um, and Wait, then I, is, is that like a prerequisite that Disney does for all their employees? You have to be constantly covered in glitter? I mean, maybe, because it's, it's all over the costume. So I know the actors and the, the, the stage crew are all covered in glitter no matter so what. Because, what like, you're you telling me is that the difference between Disney actors and strippers, not that big of a difference. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's stage performers. Let's just yeah. stage performers. I mean, yes. Less, less clothing removed from the Disney <laughs> actors. Um, but no, we had this. We had this one T-shirt that was like a sketch of Belle, and she was holding like the rose, but the rose was bright red glitter. <laughs> and so, like, in order to fold it, you would have to like shake it out, and it was just like every time you did that, it was like <laughs> it was like a it was like a fairy got its wings. <laughs> But it ended up, it ended up everywhere. Like I, I would find it in my hairline. I found it in my toothbrush. Like it just burrows. <laughs> it was uh, the so same way when I met my wife. Like she was really into the glitter when I first met her. And it's just, there was glitter everywhere. And I was like, there's no person who needs this much glitter for anything. And no. to be fair, she was not a stripper. I want the internet <laughs> quiet. She wasn't a stripper. She was an exotic dancer. It's a totally different thing. Huge just kidding different. if she's listening to this she's gonna slap me <laughs> like if i get if i get hit out of nowhere i usually have like have no idea where it came from but if if after i post this podcast i get smacked against the head i know <laughs> i want to take a quick step back we can come back to disney but i want i want some uh favorites okay. and least favorites of bands that you got to that you you interacted oh. with so it has nothing to do with their music style or anything like that who was the best to to like you know hang out with and, and things like that and who was the worst i can definitely and I, I you said worse and i'm like i know exactly who i'm talking about uh i have a story um but best god there it's just like how do you pick like those are my babies like i i absolutely adore the boys in all time low. They are. Uh, we were really tight uh, while we were on the tour. We're still friends. Um, oh, I try and see them every time they come into awesome LA. Dude. They're like the nicest guys in the world. I I actually gave them. Um, uh, they were recording their uh, access show, like the the access TV. They were mm -hmm. recording a concert in Denver when I happened to be there subbing in for uh, Mary Poppins. And uh, I literally just walked over to the Ogden the day of the performance while like they're loading in and there's like this huge line of fans for that night. And I just like walked in because 
if you look like you don't want to go somewhere, but you have to, people tend to get out of your way. Well, people tend to get out of my way anyway. So um, <laughs> you're like, like I'm not going to tell her she can't go places. And I'm like, yeah, please don't. So I literally walk, they're, they're loading in like thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of like equipment and cameras and cables are being laid and like, they have like the big uh, cranes inside. And I'm literally just like walking around all of that with a friend of mine in tow who does not work in the industry. And he's like, I don't think we should be here. I'm like, shut up, follow me, don't say a word. <laughs> and we walk all the way up to the main stage where uh, I see all time Lowe's lighting guy. And I'm like, Jeff, he's like, what? And I was like, where are the guys? He's like, they're in the, they're in the bus. He goes, wait, the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Which is my favorite greeting um, because I like to surprise my uh, my friends that are that still tour like a lot. Um, yeah. And so like when I get that response, I'm like, yeah, cool. We'll, we'll hang out later. But I ended up going onto their bus and like hanging out, and I had uh, some really potent weed chocolate, as you should. And I gave them two bars, and I was like, look, be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> very 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 careful about how you ingest this and they were going uh they were supposed to go whitewater rafting the next day in like new mexico uh but instead a bunch of them decided to forego that and instead go i go see iron man 3 and i'm like okay guys the squares should have been maybe like an inch one inch by one inch and each bar had six six uh squares yeah so i'm like guys trust me when i i'm like you know that i know that you can handle whatever gets thrown your way it's fine. But trust me when I tell you, nibble at this and eat it slowly. So they each took a piece themselves before the movie started. And then apparently they couldn't move and they ended up watching Iron Man 3 like three times. And I get this garbled text from Jack and he's like, the hell did you give us? And I'm like, oh, did you eat the whole thing? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, fucking idiots. Listen to me next time. I love them so dearly, but them, uh, the Dropkick Murphys are really dear friends of mine. Uh, I actually used to, uh, Ken Casey uh, has, I, I would uh, give him massages when they came into town because like they're not spring chickens. I mean, they weren't, they aren't now, but. <laughs> they, they weren't then either. <laughs> it takes a toll on your body the longer oh, yeah. you tour. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, the main I absolutely love. I was, uh, I was with uh, the band when they celebrated Jono's 21st birthday. Um, they're like, there's so many great bands and people, um, Andy, uh, from every time I die, who is now a wrestler with AEW, um, posted on Twitter the other day, like a picture of him playing at Warp Tour. And I was like, remember the days when you had to like battle through a crowd of people to get to like catering or production <laughs> or to your bus. I'm like, don't you miss those? He's like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Um, but my, my, my least favorite, uh, I had an interaction with, uh, Jared Leto okay. years ago. So, I mean, he, you know, this was like probably 12, 13, 14 years ago. Um, so after so, the, they're like first big pop. Yes. Yeah. It was right after, uh, uh, 30 seconds to Mars had their first album out and they were touring that, um, a ba a baby LA band that I worked for at the time called American Eyes uh was opening they opened for them uh in santa Ana at the observatory and then the next night they were playing um at a casino out in indio out by where they have coachella and everything yeah 
So at the observatory, I, you know, sold merchandise next to their guy and everything was fine. And I got to talk to Jared and be like, I know that you hear this all the time, but I was in love with Jared Catalano and, uh, you know, uh, you're amazing. And I mean, to his credit, and I will never discredit him, he has a fucking beautiful singing voice. Like, the man can sing. Got pipes. Um, He's got pipes for days. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he does. He's very tiny, too, which is upsetting um but uh when you meet one of your heroes you're like i thought you would be taller i thought the same thing like i mean i always knew that joe rogan was short but then i sat i stood next to him and got a photo and i was like you're just a little man (laughs) yeah yeah well i'm also i'm also an amazon like i'm a tall girl and like i'm not tiny so like i take up space so when i see somebody little i'm like you're so cute (laughs) Like, I actually was kind of wanting, I told, uh, after the draft, after the movie trivia Schmodown draft, uh, I went up to Kaiser, and I was like, I'm real sad you didn't draft me for the pure fact that I wanted to bring Parker out for his first match, like, as Yoda to my Luke. <laughs> Over his shoulder. Just have him on oh, my yeah, backpack. On back. <laughs> and then just, like, I thought it would have been funny. Um, but no, so Jared, yeah, Jared Leto, uh, ha- his brother got in an altercation with, uh, a girlfriend from the band uh before the show uh and after the show we they were doing a signing right next to me and jared was still very cordial at that point and we were talking and all of a sudden shannon leans over uh his brother leans over and like accuses me of being the girl that was yelling at him and i'm like i haven't even met you <laughs> and then uh oh, no. jared called me a few choice names um which he was very lucky there was a large bodyguard nearby uh, because as I said, he was small and I could have snapped him in half. And so we just like left and I ended up running into him a few years later at the Taste of Chaos show in Long Beach. Literally nobody around backstage walking down the halls towards each other. And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, hey, we've met before. And I'm like, yeah, we have. And you owe me an apology. He's like, probably. And just like walked away. And I'm like, let go. That was my least favorite encounter. Uh, that'll, those will happen. Those will happen. I don't have like a bad or good like moment. I just have like my favorite moment of uh, Warped Tour. And I was, I want to say I was 18 and it was Phoenix. So it's hot as hell. Ugh. Sun's beaten down. What year and, was this? Uh, this was 2007, I want to say. Uh, okay. Okay. So I was there. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm going tent to tent, like hanging out and whatnot, and like this dude just like hands me what I think is a condom, and I so I'm like, okay, well that's weird, but whatever. I, I realize who he is while I'm talking to him. It's a lead singer of the Starting Line. I loved the Starting Line as a kid. Oh, Kenny! And, and I'm like, well, that's really weird that he gave me this, but you know, whatever. And then he gave me like three more, and I'm like, all right. And I was, you know, it was a really good inter- interaction. You know, we, got, we, got, we talked for a solid like 15 minutes. Just a super cool dude. Um, I, I, lo- I actually went back on a starting line kick last week and listened to like four albums straight. Love it so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. But it's only like 10 minutes after that interaction that I actually look at them, I pull them out of my pockets and I go, oh, they're not condoms. They're sunscreen. <laughs> 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 the entire time I'm like, well, it's weird that he keeps giving me condoms. <laughs> well, like, I mean, to be fair, Trojan was a sponsor on Warp Tour. <laughs> so much so that, like, you know, people come back year after year for Warp Tour to work it, and they tend to work for the same people. 
Um, and so there's this one guy that literally, like, I don't know his last, like, I know I know his last name and I can look it up, but like, he is just Trojan Steve. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, Trojan Steve was out with Trojan for, I want to say, like, 14 years on Warp Tour. Uh, they always, oh, God. They would always make, I want to say they were duck farts. Um, it's a drink with Jaeger and, like, I think rum or something. It is very potent. <laughs> and there were a few days that were really, really slow that all they would do is make one of those, like, football coolers full of duck farts and oh, wow. keep them on the side of like the blow up uh igloo that they had and everybody in like around them would get a red cup with their name on it that you could bring back to fill up yeah. so by the end of like by the end of the day the entire section of sponsor world is just like trashed and like they're like you can start breaking down they're like okay like an hour later you haven't moved they're like no guys we need to break down we need to load the trucks we're like all right then they'd yell at steve and he'd be like i'm so sorry and then like everything was fine because he's trojan steve and he's like the nicest man man in the world shout out to trojan steve wherever you are we're we're hoping that you're listening buddy he he (laughs) now he now uh last i heard he was uh working with a sponsor of cold cock whiskey which is like spiced rum i think it's delicious whatever it is um yeah it's one of those things that like i got to try um they they were one of the sponsors for uh it was uh circus survive coheed and cambria um oh my god who are the other two oh alice in chains and i can't remember the last band but they went on this big tour and i was in new york uh they were in new york uh when i was there so I literally just like popped down and I was like, hey, can you guys get me in? They're like, of course. <laughs> like walked me in, put a wristband on my hand. They're like, oh, uh, you want to try the uh, the whiskey? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's spiced whiskey. I was yeah. like, yeah, for sure. And it was warm, which I'm like, Ugh. like normally like whiskey should not be served warm. Like not even, it wasn't even room temperature. It was like warm. Uh, yeah. And so I tried it and it's still delicious, even warm. Really? So it was, it's really good. But last I heard he was with them and... <laughs> He's just, he's just, he's one of those people in your life that you're just like, so glad I got to meet him. <laughs> Good old Trojan Steve, man. Good old Trojan Steve. I think, I think everybody has one of those people in their lives too, where they just, they met him like through, through work or through a friend of a friend's work. And th- that person was like a rock for a solid amount of time. And they just oh, yeah. always been that like, that good time dude like i'm sure that for some people that's been me (laughs) i hope it's been me for some people that sounds amazing i want people to smile and light up when my name is said like everybody who knows trojan steve hears trojan steve they go trojan steve (laughs) it's like the best yeah all right well i took i took you off off target when we were (laughs) you were at uh you were you were touring with disney Mm. for beauty and the beast I toured with Disney for five years on Beauty and the Beast, and then that closed uh, July of 2015, 16? I can't remember. Uh, and then we, uh, and then I immediately got on the net. My next tour was An American in Paris for two years, um, which was um, th- the most stunningly beautiful show. Like those people sang, acted, 
and danced point ballet at the same time and like made it look effortless. It was really obnoxious. Like, (laughs) I hate how talented you are. Oh my God. It's so gross. Oh, and not only that, like they were all just disgustingly beautiful. I don't know if you've noticed, but I have a very aggressive form of love. Um, (laughs) Like I, I, every person I've toured with, I just, I love deeply and would defend their life with my own. Um, And these people are just like, like I literally watched some girl backstage uh, releve onto point for like 10 minutes while we had a discussion and like was just on her toes for 10 minutes. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, do you feel your legs? Because they're hurting me. Hurts my feet Um, just to think about that. Yeah, but they took, it it was a wonderful rendition. And like uh, Christopher uh, Wielden, who is the choreographer, is just jaw-droppingly talented um he's so good but they took like the movie with Fred Astaire and uh, uh Leslie Caron uh from the 50s like I think it was 51 or 52 um Ooh, and knowledge y'all right <laughs> you're off from that uh but they took that and kind of they kept it in the same era it's post uh post-world war ii um and just kind of modernized the storyline just a touch they tweaked it just enough um to where it was like still relatable and it was stunning it came out at the perfect time because it's all about like it takes right takes place right after the nazis leave paris and so the the show starts off um so you got to remember we were touring uh 2000 yeah it was 2015 through 2017 or 15 yeah um so it's like like we were on tour when Trump got elected it was a big deal um but the show starts off with um one of the characters coming in and kind of introducing the show and showing you where it where the, the show starts um and he s- turns around has his back to the audience starts playing the piano and all of a sudden upstage from him there's just this crowd of people and all you see are Nazi banners and people are screaming and yelling at them and then they tear them down bring them over the piano to the front of the stage and back over the piano, rehang them into the French flag. Every night that got cheers. Every night people were just like, so like moved by it. And it was the perfect time for it to come out. And it was so amazing. Like I stuck my head and we played a uh, DC right around Christmas time. And uh, Betsy DeVault came and uh, I want to say Pence was there too for one of the shows. And whenever I knew that one of the, uh, the, those people were going to be in audience, I would go in and just like stand in the back of the theater and just listen to the people just like people would stand on their feet cheering when the flags got torn down. It was so beautiful. And I was just like, see, this is what America wants. Not Nazis. <laughs> Not Nazis. Go figure. Who the um, and what was yeah. the name of that again? Cause I never, I never actually saw it. And now I want to, I want to revisit. It's an American in Paris. Um, I I know that Disney H or not Disney HD, um, Broadway HD is like airing some um, Broadway shows on like YouTube. Okay. Um, they're sporadically releasing them, so if it's getting released, I highly recommend it because they did record it. Um, it was out on one of those like limited view like special tickets at a movie theater. Like you can go watch it. And, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you i was like there's a word for that um but they released it and actually um uh brandon and i went to go see it because i was like i you know he was you know just starting to study for the the schmodown and stuff like that and i was like well these are my friends so i'm gonna go see it and he's like okay 
let's go. And we went and he really enjoyed it. Um, it's a beautiful piece. Um, there's, it did play, take place back in like the 40s and 50s. So there are some issues that happen with the storyline that people will take issue with, which I un fully understand and yeah. support, but like take a step back and watch it for the beauty that it is. Yeah. Um, but I did that for two year, two seasons. And then uh, this last fall, winter, I was on tour with, um, I was on tour with John Leguizamo for American history, uh, Latin history for morons. And it is one of the most amazing experiences I've ever gotten to have in my life, like becoming friends with John Leguizamo, which is surreal to say. Yeah. Yeah, man. That, and we got that, to hang out I, I and like go to lunch and it's very weird. I don't know what I would say if I could say, yeah, you know, I got John Leguizamo's number in my phone. I don't know what I would yeah, say. It's, I have, it's weird. I have, I, I, uh, I ran a, an MMA weekly show here in Colorado for about a year and a half. Um, a few years ago and I got to know a lot of local fighters who are now in the UFC and like I, I look back and I like look at through my contacts I'm like oh shit this this dude is fighting for a t literally announced yesterday uh, somebody whose phone or number is in my phone right now is fighting for a title on April 18th like that's crazy <laughs> to me <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's insane and to, for that to be the John Lugazamo I mean yeah. <laughs> who doesn't remember him in Spawn he he was amazing in Chef, like two uh, Wong Fu. Super Mario Brothers. Come on, you're not allowed to bring that up around him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Super Mario Brothers. Um, no, he he did speak to me one time as Chi Chi, and I just like I was like walking away from him backstage because we like had this quick conversation. I had to like get up because they were opening doors, and uh, as I'm running away, he like spoke. I can't even remember what he said or what the conversation was, but he used like Chi Chi's voice from Two Wong Fu, and I just turned around and I'm like careful like don't because like i've had a crush on john since romeo and juliet came out like let's just be <laughs> honest about it and he knows this we've had this discussion multiple times um like i got to meet his wife and his kids like they're the sweetest family um but when i i i when i first met john uh was when the show was on broadway and i was worked i worked like three shows over the thanksgiving week and uh, we got to meet and hang out and then like I had to leave to go back on American in Paris. And so uh, when I joined up with him in LA, um, I went to introduce myself because it, it had been like two and a half years since I had seen him. Yeah. And like you see somebody, you, you know, you see any, like as a normal person, um, using air quotes here, um, when you meet somebody and you spend like three days with them and then two and a half, three years go by, like you might kind of remember them but that like truth is you probably don't yeah this is an actor who meets hundreds of thousands of people a year like he works with people on sets he does meet and greets um just people on the street like people inter like he meets so many people so i was backstage before the show and i was like hi i just want to introduce myself i'm your new mer merchandise manager um if you have any questions or need anything from me, like, let me know. Kenneth, our tour manager, has, our, has my number. If you need it, like, get it and let me know. And he just looked at me and he goes, you've worked for me before. And I was like, yeah? <laughs> like, why do you remember this? And he's just, like, staring at me. He goes, sexaholic. And I was like, the fuck did you just call me? <laughs> which got a nice laugh. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is 
for those who don't know, Sexaholics is one of his pr uh, previous one-man shows that he's done, uh, which is phenomenal. If he, honestly, if you need a laugh and just like want to watch something that's amazingly fantastic, um, try and find his one-man shows. It's uh, Freak, Sexaholic, Mambo Mouth. Sorry, I've got his books right here somewhere. Um, <laughs> but, uh, a bit of a fan, y'all. <laughs> I, I mean, he's how do you, how do you not? He's amazing. He's he 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 triumphs for the underdog like he works so hard to help people better their situation seems like a fun dude too he's the nicest guy in the world like <laughs> after he does so latin history forms was a two-hour show one man show two hours just him performing full out every night eight eight shows a week usually after every show he would do a signing so like if you came and like bought one of his he had four books for sale if you bought one of his books you would get in line after the show and you would, he would sign it and you would get to take a picture with him for however many people are in line. There wasn't like a cap. There yeah. wasn't a time limit. Like he, and he volunteered that every show. And it was the most amazing thing to get to witness. Um, I think they canceled once because he was like really feeling poorly uh, when we were in DC. Um, there was like a bug going around the, the tour that I got that, I was very, very stoned one night off of Dayquil and Nyquil, and and he he was like, you know what? I'm just the get like, shit so done cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was fun. Um, made the walks to and from the theater like really entertaining. Um, but yeah, he's like the nicest man. He's he created um, this comic uh, for like it's all about uh, Latinas. Um, uh, or Latinx uh, people. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but if you uh, go to his Instagram, he has a link on there. And it's basically about, uh, like basically everybody that's working on it is uh, Lat Latinx. Uh, so it's like the writers, the, uh, the artists, the, the tracers, like the distribution company, like it's all Latin based and it's, it's phenomenal. He's such a, he's so amazing. Yeah. I love him. It's fine. <laughs> So was that, was that your last time as as a uh, merch manager? Yeah, but that ended. Our tour ended uh, this last December. Okay. Um, and then because it was like I, I flew home the thirteenth, and then it was Christmas, and then no tours were going out for a while. Um, but I had actually been off the road before. Uh, so after American in Paris ended, I was like, you know what? I've been on the road for the the vast majority of the last sixteen years. I was like, I like like I lived at my mom's house because I would just, instead of keeping my stuff in storage, I just dropped it off at her place. Um, and, uh, but I was never home. I was on the road like nine to 10 months out of the year. And then even during downtimes, I would, you know, fly places and visit friends and whatever. So I, there was one year I spent 30, 31 nights in my own bed out of the entire year. Yeah, that um, sounds all too familiar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's very much like there was that aspect. So I, I wanted to kind of take a step back from that. And like, also like I was getting older and my body was starting to hurt because <laughs> you put your body through so much. Like think of how much your body hurts after like a single plane ride. There were weeks sometimes that I was on a plane four times in one week. Um, and then you sit on buses for like eight hour drives and like, it just, it's, it's a lot and it really takes a toll on your body. Um, also, you know older and like you know want to settle down at some point and that's impossible when you're in a different city every single night 
Um, So I wanted to take that step back and I promised myself that I, I was going to move back to LA, live here for a year, like give myself an entire full year to just kind of like figure out if that's what I want because it's very much like relationships, you know, like you can have a really great relationship with some girl you met at the beginning of the summer and then come fall is like crazy. And then the yeah. holidays come around and you're like, I can't stand this bitch anymore. Like <laughs> I was so in love in June and now I want to kill her. Um, uh, yeah, it so, sounds like week one and week two for, for old Justin back then. <laughs> right. Like people, people, People with the quarantine, they're like, oh my God, I get to sleep. I'm going to get so much work done. And now we're like two, three weeks, four weeks in some places and people are losing their minds because they got what they asked for. They wanted time to relax. And now they have all of the time. All these people acting like it's a big deal. I'm like, I've been working from home for like six months. This is just business as usual. I got my two office mates in here, which I'll I'll show you. The people can't, can't see them, but these are my office mates. Puppies. We, got, we got bear is the dark one and then the white and black one is huge and uh you know i just have them here in my my uh one man office and i do yeah. all my work and everybody's like oh it's driving me crazy i'm like the only thing that really changed is i don't get to go to the gym in the morning which don't get me yeah. wrong has drove driven me crazy <laughs> but but well, i was that's like, also something you can make do with at home like if I you definitely if you- could you're right. You're dr- I could. You're driven to it. <laughs> I, have, have that I have thousands of dollars of workout equipment that I'm like, ah, if it's not at the gym, does it really ever happen? <laughs> no. no. So the old tree falls um, down in the forest scenario. <laughs> right. But, uh, oh. but yeah, so I gave myself that time and, uh, you know, I started competing very heavily in the Schmodown and found my family here. And I didn't, I was like, I don't think... Like it would be, it would take something very specific to get me back on the road. And then I got a call from my old boss and was like, Hey, John Leguizamo, uh, in LA, uh, cause the girl who was supposed to be doing it screwed up royally. Uh, so I got called in as an emergency, uh, to help out. And then, uh, like two days later, John comes up to me and just goes, Hey, um, you're coming on tour. Right. And I was like, you know, I don't really do that anymore. And he goes, no, that's not a question. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> so when John Leguizamo tells you you're going back on tour, you pack your bags and you go back on tour. Um, and when should I be ready? <laughs> right? Well, we had, luckily we had like, there was like a nine week sit down here in LA and yeah. then nine weeks of tour. Okay. So I got to sleep and I got to do what I loved, which was sell merchandise. I really love it. I enjoy interacting with people um and especially for his shows like people were coming out of the woodwork like uh jody foster came to the show one night um Dooley hill was there um uh uh leo came to the show one night and my little 16 year old heart could not handle that um not because i'm i like well yes everybody loves leonardo dicaprio but like for me, it was the fact that Romeo and Tybalt were in the same building together. <laughs> oh man! It, and he's like the nicest. Bio, you are definitely a musical theater maven. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I guess it's not technically um, musical theater, but it's still theater. It's, it's still, still theater. It's still. I mean, to be fair, he did sing and dance. So there we go. There we while go. While not a musical, still count musical it. Theater. Count it. <laughs> Uh, well, 
Well, now the reason I reached out to you in the first place is that we have a very soft spot in both of our hearts for a certain movie. And I feel like right now is the time for us to take that, that love that we have and put it out into the world. That movie is out cold. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I remember so much. posted something in the Facebook, the Schmodown Facebook group one day about like, what are, what's a, a movie that you don't think that a question has been asked about? And I was like, out cold. And you were like, oh my God, I love that movie. I was like, we're, we're friends now, even though it's only through the internet. <laughs> no, 100%. Um, I quote that movie pretty much daily. Um, and especially when I was on tour, like, you know, I come from a very pop culture background. Like I've grown up loving movies um, and music and stuff like that. Um, whereas the actors and usually like most of the crew are very like ingrained in musical theater. Um, so it's one of those, like, when you catch my, like, if I, if I throw out a quote, and you laugh for the right reason because you can always tell when that laugh is like a knowing laugh or like oh that's something funny to say but if somebody recognizes one of those like super secret shared moments your friends instantly like forever and ever amen so out cold is one of those movies that should I ever, you know, be like, seize the day, man, or carpe the D, the day, man, seize the carp. The carp. What? <laughs> Which is where seize the carp came from. I when, know. It you hurt know, my Christian soul. bastardized it and slapped the carp and like shot it down. I was like, if this motherfucker could just say it with the same intensity that he does with all the other names, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> it wouldn't I be mean, a problem, Christian. It was what. It was one of those ones that Ben and I came up with because Ben does have a shared love for Out Cold, which is obviously why we get along. One of the reasons why we get along so well. Um, but like we threw it out like just as a joke, like like we threw out the greasers because I was like, yeah, it'd be f- really funny. We could come out like, you know, we could pull like a Sandy, Sandy and Danny kind of thing. It'd be really cute and funny. And then like apparently it got taken seriously uh, and then mocked profusely <laughs> i want to say every day for a solid like three week span oh no it's 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 slacked off but it's still at least once a week i hear slap the carp or the greasers uh he's never getting rid of uh the switchblade now which was legit an offhand comment i made like it wasn't even something that we texted or emailed him i don't think it was something that i was just like eh. i was like going through things i was like I was like the silver streak, something else, da, 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 the switchblade. And like, I think I was talking to Ben. He's like, switchblade's great. Like, I don't like, okay, you think it. And so I think we put it like in an email and I was like, whatever. And now it's, now it's being mocked and you guys have embraced it so wholeheartedly. Um, it could be worse. It could have been the sling blade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking like this. Mm-hmm. That would, no. <laughs> That hurts. Um, But no, Out Cold is one of my favorite. Like, I love a lot of movies that will never, ever be asked about in the Schmodown. Like, the thing about Out Cold is everybody became this huge fan of Zach Galifianakis when The Hangover came out. Uh Uh-huh. I was like, oh, nah, I'm old school. I'm old school. I remember. So (laughs) my my love for the movie comes from, like, the time that I was watching it and things like that. You got to take those types of things into account. I was a 13-year-old kid, somewhere around there. Like, it's 2001, we yeah. It, we, are, we were literally hanging out in a trailer on my grandparents' property, 
that we had run an extension cord out to to have power. <laughs> and we're like having these like 13 year old, um, we'll, we'll call them parties where nobody drank. Yeah. Just yeah, hangouts. Nobody drank that. Nobody drank that. I'm, I'm being facetious. But actually I think only like two people were drinking at that time. But, uh, <laughs> but those two people got fucked up. But <laughs> you take, you take the fact that we're watching it in a trailer that is by all definitions a trashy trailer <laughs> we're all just huddled on this thing 13 years old there's a bonfire going outside the, the trailer there's the movie going on inside <laughs> and then you're like this movie's perfect because it's it it's got everything it's got intrigue it's got comedy it's got the dude from days of confused like it was it was perfect and it found me at just the right time. <laughs> it's it's absolutely wonderful and like if you just watch it for its surface level as being like stupid cheesy bro kind of comedy, it's so much fun. But then somebody blew my mind about 5 or 6 years ago and somebody compared it to Casablanca and I was like I rewatched it and I was like oh. Holy shit, it is Casablanca. Like his name is Rick. Uh they do the whole like of all of all the gin joints and all the skin yeah. towns in Alaska. She had like it like the whole thing he sends her off on a on a plane to escape her death. Like it's so it's there's so many like it's it's a very loosely based on it. Um but it is so wonderfully Wait, you're telling me layered. that a polar bear didn't fillet guy in Casablanca. Good boy. I mean, girl. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Can you catch an STD from a polar bear? I think I've used that line. I, ha- I actually used that line one night after uh, after I uh, had relations. Um, and, and I just laughed to myself so hard. And the guy was just like, what? And I'm like, okay, well, so we're watching this movie now. Um, <laughs> We like laid in bed and watched the movie. <laughs> oh, He's like, oh, I get it, I get it. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And speaking of movie, it takes me to the very last thing that I want to talk about: uh, the movie trivia showdown. Now, you found you said that you found it in 2017, right? Is when you first think so? I want to. No, I started competing in 2017. I found it in 2006. 15 I think 15 or 16 um I had uh my birthday is coming up actually it's uh next Thursday and we were in here in LA (laughs) thank you very much um uh the tour uh I was out with in American in Paris and we happened to be in LA during WonderCon um and it just perfectly fell on the weekend that I had the opportunity to take off and my best friend was in town and she sells merchandise too. So she and my assistant, their birthday present to me was a free weekend to go to WonderCon. So they worked the shows and handled all the stuff and closed out the week. And it was wonderful and lovely. Um, so I got to go and uh, I discovered the Schmodown had a, uh, a panel, which was amazing. Um, and it just, it lit, it, it combined so many of my favorite things together. Cause I grew up watching wrestling um, and my with my dad and like he is the one that gave me my my huge love of movies and so it was just really fun to like see that combination i do need to do a quick explanation uh the schmodown is the number one (laughs) movie trivia show on youtube 
Uh, a yes. lot of the people that listen to this podcast, not going to have any idea about that. The people that come from the Facebook group are definitely going to understand, but the folks that don't, um, it, gotcha. it's intense. It's like you said, it's like, it's like wrestling meets trivia. Now I fall in the, in the side that I never really, I never was a, was a wrestling fan per se, mm-hmm. but the trivia totally got me in. And I, I told myself that I was never going to get engrossed in the storylines with <laughs> like so pissed off about it like ah okay let's do this and then you and then you find yourself <laughs> cheering for you know getting getting emotional when roka won his first belt and screams out and starts tearing up and you start tearing up you're like what's happening <laughs> i'm sorry or i like, cut you off I cut or you, you like jump out of your seat when uh when ben bateman gets tackled by andrew guy like <laughs> it's so or andrew insane guy gets hit by with a chair in the back yeah that was hilarious <laughs> um but like the thing that got me hooked in um that initially got me uh to check it out and for those who don't know maybe this will resonate with you uh, it was the description in the program for the panel. And the first sentence was, have you ever wondered what movie a trivia would be like with the theatrics of WWE and the competitiveness of UFC? And that was it for me. I was like, tell me everything. Um, and so I ended up getting to the panel. Um, it was, I was like, oh, this is going to be a really small room. And it was like one of the big main halls and it was packed. Um, I ended up finding a seat in the front row, uh, funny enough, next to Wendy Lee Zaney and Grace Hancock. Um, <laughs> and then sat there like a kid at Christmas getting every gift they could ever hope for. Um, and then they brought out, you know, everybody came out with their music and the lights and, you know, the belts and people are sitting at the table and like smack talking and there's the Q and A and like people like, like normal people are talking back and like giving the, the, the competitors shit and they're giving it back to them just as much. And it was just, it was so fantastic. And then I knew I was in hook, line and sinker when they did the speed round of trivia. So I think they asked like 10 questions and I knew every one of them. Um, and then uh, Makuga, who was sitting like five feet in front of me, like saw me and we met up at, they were doing like a drink and greet at the Marriott, like a few hours after the, the, the show or after the panel. And uh, Makuga found me and like brought me over to Christian and was like, hey, this is the girl I was telling you about. And uh, I was like, yeah, I want to compete, but I'm kind of on tour right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'm planning on moving back to LA afterwards. So I'll be back in like a year and a half. <laughs> so we stayed in contact and uh, uh, I got back into town and I got to hang out and I would go to every taping they let me in at. Um, and then uh, I got, I was actually looking through uh, my photos just yesterday and I saw the screenshot that I had from the very first text I ever got from Christian and was like, are you ready to go in August? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, sign me up. And that was, that was, uh, he was, he was like, well, I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to use you yet because it was the whole anarchy situation. Yeah. He's like, I don't know how many people are going to be pulled in. I almost didn't compete. I almost would have had to wait until 2018 to play because I don't know if you remember, but there was a match between the Shire Wolves and 
I want to say team action. But basically it was, uh, it was Andrew, if, if the Shire Wolves, oh no, it was uh, the Shire Wolves versus, I, I think it's the Patriots. And if the Patriots had lost and the Shire Wolves had won, then the Shire Wolves were not going to be competing in anarchy because they were going to be the team's champs. Yeah. Um, but if the Patriots had lost or had won, um, then the Shire Wolves would be in uh, anarchy. And so basically I had to hope, like I was already cheering for the Shire Wolves, Shire Wolves to win anyway, because like Clark and Rachel are just like, powerhouses and like idols um but uh but so uh sorry kevin smith just texted me and it popped up on the screen um but so uh so i was rooting for them to win not just because i wanted them to win but because that would mean that both of them would be out of the tournament and i was the second alternate so i got to play because they won um and so had they lost uh who knows where i'd be today but i did they did win and i got to play with devin for about a year and four months i think and then i had to dump him and now i have ben and uh it's been a a weird road guys right and you know ben's never gonna watch this so tell us how did you really feel about getting partnered up with him i'm just kidding (laughs) i i i I got asked actually no Uh, I'll, i'll i'll answer the question yeah kate um Kate uh, reached out to me and she was like, you're the more like, cause she, she we, we, we always knew that they were going to pair Tom and uh, uh, Paul together. Like yeah. that's a power, like their match was one of the best of the season. They may be um, Oh and one, but they, they're so fucking good. <laughs> like, that match, like not to toot my own horn, but like that match reminded me of my match against Roka. Like yeah. it was just a blow for blow. Like, take it out into the streets so you can bleed out there kind of match you know um they they ended up losing but like so we knew that that was going to be uh like one of the teams uh and then kate reached out to me and she was like you know um you're the 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 most seasoned player of of the den um i just want to get your take and like who who do you want to be paired up with and i was like like looking at our roster, I was like, I think Ben and I would have a really good chance of actually making a run for the belts. Um, the I think kid our, is so much smarter. I say the kid, he's, I think he's, he might be 30, a little younger, younger. He's 32. Or, okay. So he's a little older than me. He looks younger than me though. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the kid knows his shit. And I, yeah, he does. I, I was one of the people that he kind of had to win over when SEN started off and it did happen. Like I, I, I genuinely like him now. Um, he's, a good dude. <laughs> but I hope I and this this is no no critique on what happened in your guys' last match. I know that you guys gotta gotta get that out back in the <laughs> back last week during uh backstage. I hope that you guys can seriously get that I don't give a fuck attitude and truly just become the fucking worst. Yeah. In the best way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh I, I would love that. I mean, when we, before, uh, like, weeks before our first match, like, as soon as we, like, we found out, um, we got, like, a heads up, kind of like, okay, uh, I'm going to give you guys a match in the next, like, few weeks. I don't know who it is, but, like, just be aware you're on deck, and uh, we'll figure it out, but uh, expect an email. And so I responded, I, like, talked to Christian. I was like, hey, just so we know, like, 
the den was a heel like back in the day with the Patriots and briefly Andrico and Merle, funny enough to those <laughs> who have seen the past seasons. Um, it was a heel faction. Like they were the bad guys of the league. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, are we carrying that forward? Like, what do you want for this, this faction? Are we heels or are we faces? Are we tweeners? Like where, where do you want us to go? And he goes, Oh, you guys are heels. And I was like, cool. Um, <laughs> Uh, like I'm really good at being uh, liked. I don't know how to turn that off. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's one of those like like there has to be balance in the force. Like, however well you can be liked, you can also equally be hated. Like, I can be super super nice, but I'm also Sicilian, so I can cut you and bury your body where no one's gonna find it. <laughs> um, so so finding that like acceptable middle ground, especially now that we're not you know we're not supposed to swear. Um, is a very delicate thing for me to walk and uh it's it's a brand new thing that both ben and i are toying with which is why apparently we're getting so much flack right now which i mean is warranted um but we uh you know we give it our best and uh we're learning every time we get to play and you know uh, we do have such great resources in the league like andrew guy and ben bateman and roca um to pull from and just be like so how do we do this? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, a, and everybody's so, so kind. I mean, there, there can be harsh words that can be said, but nobody does it with malice or like disdain. It's all very like, yeah, you screwed up a little bit. Um, so what are we going to do about it? Um, which is, is something that I love. Everybody is incredibly great about it. Um, yeah, I know so that now uh, I don't know if you remember, I'm the one that really insulted Jen a few months back and I yeah, horrible about it and I I got it like people like you and Roca and Mike and a few others like after I made my like I I literally locked myself in this room until Mm -hmm. I had like a full like apology set out and it was because of people like you Roca Mike and like we're like hey this guy has apologized he's he's he he's an idiot and he knew it and he said it and he, he he moved on from it like that. Like it was a moment that could have like split me apart entirely from the, the situation from the snowdown. But instead because of competitors like you guys, it brought me further in. And that's, that's not something that you get to see a lot of. I mean, that <laughs> believe me for my time spent with working with fighters, fighters have the most fickle egos. And as soon as you, I'm not saying that I didn't insult her because I definitely did. But if a fighter thinks that you insulted them when you really didn't, you can be totally dead to them. You can say oh. goodbye to your, your access to their camp, say goodbye to access to their coaches, say goodbye to being able to interview and post fight, like all that. And not, and not just them, but their friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> because like, I, I, I think that people confuse loyalty and blind loyalty to a point where it can get dangerous, um, which is why I love, like there's, there's not a lot of blind loyalty in this league. Um, people are loyal to each other, but we also know that we've all lived lives. We've all, you know, fucked up and said the wrong things or done the wrong things and learned from them and have been given the chance to learn from them and apologize for it and stuff like that. So like everybody, like nobody is against anyone. 
It's yeah. how you handle yourself when you make a mistake. And that's what like can get sort of dangerous when you get the mob mentality of like everyone on Facebook just starts piling in and like chastising instead of being like, dude, not cool. Um, this is why you really need to like own up and apologize. And there's a way to handle it, which is what you did, which is you take a step back. You think about like, you look at everything that's going on. You word something incredibly sincere and then you behave as if it's true because it like that it is. And then there's a way to do it where you apologize and you're like, sorry. And then you're still like a dick. Which don't get me wrong. And those are the people that we will drag behind every wagon. (laughs) Um, We will draw and quarter you. Like (laughs) Mel Gibson's going to have nothing on you. (laughs) Mel Gibson shout out. (laughs) Oh, don't do that. Don't, no. No, no, no. no. Braveheart shout out. It was a negative shout out. (laughs) Braveheart shout out. (laughs) Braveheart shout out. Uh, If you had your choice of, uh, of one of the teams that's not champion right now, Who's your choice? To play against? Yeah. I mean, playing against the Wildberries has been a dream of mine since before I was in the league. Like, no joke. Or, or like, getting honestly, getting to play John uh, Roca was... And, like, if you watch the match, like, there is not an untrue word that either of us say about each other. Like, especially after, the, like, in the post-match, like, like I admire and look up to John so much and getting to play him and have that like respectful match. Like nobody thought that I was going to do as well. Like legit, no one thought I was going to do as well as I did. I did not see you going as deep as you did in that match. Nor did I. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But it was one of those things that I'm like, I'm not like, I'm obviously going to prepare for John. I'm going to do whatever I can. Like it wasn't, my mentality was like, I know that this is going to be weighted against me. I know, like, just with experience, like, he could probably beat me with one hand tied behind his back, like, nine times out of ten. But, like, well, then. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it was one of those things that I was like, I just don't want to look stupid. I don't want to get KO'd or TKO'd. Like, I want to put up the best fight possible. And I did. And it was amazing and shocking. And I remember... I remember getting my five pointer and looking over and on the side of uh, the announcer's table were uh, Sam Levine and Rachel Cushing and Rachel is sitting there just like, like you could so tell she like just desperately wanted to like mind shout it into my brain. Um, (laughs) The answer. And I was just like, I couldn't do it. And it was like, but like, that was the feeling in the entire studio like everybody was on the edge of their seats and it was just this really exciting moment and it just it was it was my best match so getting to play Rook was a dream come true uh i hope one day i get to play against makuga because i absolutely adore him makuga is my spirit animal i swear like even though he's not he's not quite the wild man anymore yeah i still still have a good time like watching his stuff like uh, me and my wife were just watching his uh his quarantine comedy just like the random stuff like how his wife makes fun of him she's like hey she's like me i was like yeah i know i know oh amanda is like those two together if if i could just sit back and like drink wine and like watch them just be together like i would be so like they're so funny uh they're so perfect together um so i would love to play makuga i would really 
I don't know. Um, that aren't the champions right now. I would, oh, I would love to have another shot at who's the boss. Because the last time I played them was, it's, it was probably my worst match. Uh, that was an awful, awful, that was, we got, I think we got TKO'd because uh, they gave us, uh, I think we spun his opponent's choice and they gave us movie release dates and we're like, well, this was fun. Because <laughs> it's, it's Ben and you're not going to like, they're not going to miss a steal on movie release dates. It's like, it's like somebody spinning Kevin Smith and me missing a question. Um, uh, that was such a bummer. But other than that, like you did pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, yeah. But and the that, challenge, that match, the challenge was right because he says Empire. Of course. Honestly, had they said Empire Strikes Back, I would have challenged, and uh, people would have hated me for it. But it's the like I am so. You got to play the game. No, but it's not the game. I'm so like when people ask me a question, I answer the question that's asked. I don't answer the question that I think they wanted to ask. And the mm-hmm. question was, what did Dante say? And in that scene, not once does anyone say the words, the empire strikes back. Mm -hmm. Everybody refers to it as empire. So I would have fought tooth and nail if anybody had said that empire strikes back was correct, because that's not the question that they asked. Had they asked, what is the movie that Dante says is his favorite? Then yes, empire strikes back. But that's not yeah. the case. That's not what they asked. So, which apparently <laughs> Roka had an issue with on a uh, backstage today. Which I love. I love. I love that Christian had my back on that because he was like, I, no, I wasn't able to watch the spoilers. Easy, easy. I'm, I'm going to get to it after this. <laughs> hey, here's a spoiler. Roka gets worked up. Uh, <laughs> I I love him for his passion so much. I just he's I he's, he's a super intense guy and. Him like Ben, I, it needed he needed to win me over. Like when he first started doing things with Collider and doing the the Schmodown and whatnot. Oh yeah, he needed to win me over. And he did his first episode of uh, Outlaw Nation, and I was like, mm-hmm. "All right, I get you. I get you now. I see. I see who you are, and I respect it." <laughs> yeah, I I honestly, and I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've told Ben and Drew this, but when I first started watching and like the action the action guys came on. I was like, these guys are such assholes. <laughs> like I couldn't stand them. I was like, can you just let them fucking answer? Like you stop talking. Um, <laughs> but then I met them and they are legitimately like the nicest men. Like I, like Drew is one of my mother's favorite people now. Um, the one, like, the legit. one who makes the brownies oh. that I hear about. Yeah. Yes. Mama <laughs> Silvestrini. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, actually, when Ellis was over here for the uh, the drive-by schmodown, uh, he was like, "So I, I love that video so much." By the way, I thought it was great, and I went. Was it five questions? Yeah, it was five questions. I went five, five, and five. So nice. <laughs> yeah, I was concentrating too much on like the camera angles because I was the one filming it. Like Ellis walks up and like, or Ellis came and like pulled in and like gave me his camera. So I'm like filming it from the very beginning. And I'm like trying to bring it up and like get angles in and like make sure that all three of us are in shots. And like, I think at one point it's like literally just my cleavage. I'm like, God damn it. All right. (laughs) Back up. I'm trying to like zoom in. It was really funny. But like, it was, it was like anything involving Mark Ellis is just like the best thing in the world. I remember the, the first time I did stand up. This was six years ago. 
I sent him a, a message on Twitter. I was like, I did stand up because of you, man. He's like, welcome to the club, kid. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was, like, I was like a kid. I was like, what, what? he said something to me, Dad. Senpai recognized me. Oh. Uh, no, he's he's legitimately like the most pure human being I I think I've ever met in my life. Yeah, like he's just the nicest. So yeah, it it, it looks that way. As are like ninety nine point nine percent of the people involved in the showdown. Like they're just the sweetest, kindest, most caring, there for you, have your back types of people in the world. Like, yeah. like it doesn't, like sometimes, I, there, there, people, some people will draw lines when it comes to like factions and stuff, but like, I'm like, dude, we're all friends. It's fine. I mean, it's not like we're all studying together, but like, or like sharing study tactics or strengths and weaknesses with like, like I'm friends with Kevin Smith, but I'm not going to like, talk to Chandru about like his study habits you know like yeah. first of all everybody knows because he doesn't care because he's such a beast and he's like you're never gonna beat me anyway um <laughs> but like you know there's there's respect and there's there's fun and we all hang out and go out for drinks after the shows and or after the guy's so it's like has to be ridiculous the what i said that guy's hoodie bill has to be ridiculous <laughs> i think at this point he can actually use it as a tax write-off <laughs> because it's for a job there you go getting those, so getting those deductibles <laughs> hey you're yeah. talking to a guy who did his taxes last year and got away with only paying like 500 bucks so i know a thing or two about doing deduction or deductibles or de- deductions i'm not a I cpa don't i don't i don't know i'm not either but <laughs> 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 well thank you so much for coming on i always end the episodes with one question that is what is one piece of advice that you would give 18 year old you right now if you could save money (laughs) honestly get better at your finances (laughs) get better at finances know what know what those things on your taxes are called (laughs) well not it's not just that it's just that I remember, I remember working, uh, working for Disney on the Beauty and the Beast tour. And like, every time I'd go in and like into a new town and like see new friends or whatever, I would literally just throw my car down for everything and be like, it's, it's cool. It's Disney. I got Disney money. And now I'm like, I don't have that anymore. And that sounds really good right now. I miss I it. The same way I, I made, so I did, my traveling was a little different than yours. I would go live in different cities for about six months at a time from the time that I was 18 to 23. Mm-hmm. And so I was in a different place all the time. I was making more money than I technically make now. <laughs> and yeah. And young, you have nothing to show for it. Zero to show for it. But every time we went to a restaurant, it was my card. Every time we went to a strip club, it was my card. Every time we went anywhere, it was my card. And, you know, I was 24 when I got out of the game and got married. And I was like, I nothing to show for this yeah yeah i have scars and blurry (laughs) memories and that's about it (laughs) great friends great times yeah guys just just it sounds ridiculous but put like just 10 percent away (laughs) and don't touch it 10 percent away for a rainy day for quarantine day (laughs) exactly it's actually raining here in la so i can (laughs) it's actually a rainy day oh a rainy quarantine day yeah. All right. Well, 
once again, Rachel, thank you so much for doing this. I reached out to like eight people yesterday. You were the one and only person that reached back out. And I appreciate the hell out of you. And I don't know I what that says about me. <laughs> yeah, no, because we had that connection because of out cold. We, you literally said out cold. And I'm like, I will do whatever you ask. Like, I just need to find out what that, those code words are for every other person on the internet. <laughs> I'm going to have the best podcast on the damn planet. <laughs> but thank you so much. Everybody You're check welcome. her out on the Schmodown. She is a, a member of the Den Faction. She is a part of the Pride team. She is Rachel Silverstreamy. Where can the people find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at rmsilvestreamy. Um, you can also find me on YouTube. I'm actually going to start streaming this week. Uh, I'm going to have a show called Movies, Music, and Mayhem, where I interview uh, friends of mine that I have toured with in the past. Uh, I talk to them about uh, their life on tour and their favorite movies and their favorite uses of music in the movies and Obviously, we'll end up reminiscing about some very blurry times in our past that we may or may not remember fully. So uh, come join us. Uh, first one is going to be on this Thursday, I believe, at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Coast time. I'm going to be interviewing the bassist from We Came as Romans. His name is Andy Glass. He is one of the most attractive human beings on the face of the planet. And yes, it will be video, so you can just stare at him. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, and then I'll have a schedule coming up uh, later for the rest of them. So come join me. That actually sounds fun as shit. I didn't even know that was a thing, and now I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this, Justin. We'll see you next time. <laughs>